No one understands like Jesus, as we'll see next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. I think it's safe to say each and every one of us have those moments in our life where we feel as if we're the only ones who've ever experienced the trial we're in the middle of. The fact is, we do have somebody who identifies with us. He understands us like no one else, and that is the Lord Christ. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're continuing our look at the book of Hebrews. We would invite you to join us today as we find comfort in the one who understands all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's program. Let's take a temptation. Uh, Let's say that's a one-ton temptation. This is one ounce. What we normally do, we cave in on one ounce. There's so much relief when you just go ahead and do it. Isn't there? Well, you know, I'm tempted to lie. Well, what did you do? I lied. It felt wonderful at the moment. I think I escaped. Then, if you're a Christian, the guilt, the remorse. Why do people yield to temptation? I think primarily as a way of escape, whatever the pressure is. Lust, hate. Whatever. Uh, just, I'm tired of holding out. I, I can't hold out. It's seducing. It's appealing. Uh, it looks good. I, uh, the devil made me do it. And you do it, it's relief at first. And there's no one in the human family that has not yielded. We've all yielded over and over and over. Have you ever confessed any certain sin more than three times? You would say, I'll be smarter the next time. Because I've paid enough in uh, sorrow, uh, regret before the Lord, the work of the Spirit. I, it grieved me to do it. Well, why do you do it again, dummy? Why again? I'm temptable. I'm weak. I succumb, and the devil doesn't have to use any new tricks on me. The old ones keep working. Come on, some of you need to discover a new sin. No, no, not really. Don't edit that. You're so good at the old ones, try some new ones. No, that is, that is off the record, but it just felt like saying it. And you come to Jesus, or can you imagine coming to God? Well, God, you understand. <laughs> he said, yeah, I do. You're a rebel. You're disobedient. You're this. You're that. And yet I have a middle man who does not endorse my sin, but said, I'll give you mercy in the midst of your temptation. For I've suffered what you suffered. I've been tempted. I never yielded. But see, when you don't yield to something, It intensifies. Jesus went 40 days without food and water, and then he's tempted where? For food and water. Intense vulnerability. So in every point of our humanity, every area, I think sexuality, food, 
obedience to the will of God, relationships, people, in any area of testing the human family goes, he says, I've been there. I know what it's like. I just never yielded, but I know how intense the desire becomes. And what does he say? I represent you. I understand thoroughly the human weakness and frailty. Notice what he says there. He, he's able to sympathize with our strengths. 15, most of you, amen, that first, it's weakness. Any of you got weakness? You know, you, you're here, guys, well, I'm, I was uh, at a Bible conference last week, and a man came up to me, and, and he pulled out a coin, and he just showed me that. It was not just a regular coin. And he says, I said, yes, sir, what, what's that? You giving an offering? Just messing with him? No. He said, that represents 20 years of sobriety. And I wake up every day to the temptation to have another drink. Every day. But that's, that reminds me. A pastor took me. I was, the, I was the board chairman and a secret alcoholic. He said that right there, and he starts to fill up. Could Jesus sympathize with a drunk? He said he could. He said he could. Could he sympathize with a thief? I know, I mean, I can't imagine it on the same. You were never tempted to steal. But some way he says, I know every human foible, every human weakness, every human seduction to evil. I am thoroughly acquainted with it, and I will represent you with sympathy. Represent you with sympathy. That's what he says. And then he goes on, and he says this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may be rebuked for our weaknesses. Oh, that we may what? Receive a beating? Mercy. And what's mercy? That's, it's not your mother-in-law. We'll, we'll look at Receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mercy means to show compassion on those suffering from some aspect of sin. Poverty, sickness, sin brought poverty, sickness, all the human can. So he wants to show compassion on those suffering from that. And grace is, I'll give you something you need. So I want to show compassion on the negative going on in your life. Grace, will, I'll give you something you don't have. And he said, uh, let us draw nigh to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy. I just thought about our, our human condition. If I was really in need, let's say it's economic, uh, financially just broke. Uh, number one, I don't want to look up someone worse off than me. I want to look for someone with resources. And that's why most people with money keep it hid. 
You know, it's like the people with spiritual gift of giving. I don't know one person in this church that claims it. I wish you would. I'd always preach to you. <laughs> Boom. There's gift of giving. But people with resources have to be careful because people work them, use them, all of that. People want them just for their money, not for them. And they know that. But if I'm uh, in a bad way and I need resources, I say to myself, I'm making an appointment with Bill Gates. And if he's not available, I'll go for Warren. He's over there in Nebraska. My wife's people from Nebraska. He'll sure enough let me in. Now, does Warren or does Gates have the resources to meet my need? I can't hear you. Yeah. I mean, how much interest a year? All I need is toothpaste. Millions. Millions is just out there. So people with the resources to meet my need doesn't give me any comfort. I can die in their presence and never get a dime. Right? Now, the second thing I need, can I find somebody willing to help me out? And that gets a little narrower. I mean, you can have all the millionaires you want in the top 500, Fortune 500 companies. Oh, man, I look at that name. Okay, find me one person that would be willing to give you the resources you need when you're in financial trouble. Who? Who would you go to? The bank? I remember when I was starting my junior year of college, Carolyn, I just got married. My dad had been paying my tuition up to, I was living at home, paying my tuition. Man, there's no problem. It was very cheap, not hardly anything. When I started college, it like triple. I'm not even going to tell you how much because you'll laugh. It was so in those days. Uh, but we're just married, and I go in. Uh, I'm at Western Baptist in El Cerrito at that time. And so I'm signing up, and they write up everything. I always took 16 to 18 units. I wanted to get my bachelor's and get out of there. And uh, so they write up the bill and everything. And at the other school, you could pay it monthly. Uh, at Western, you paid at the time of registration. I, I, didn't, I didn't have the money at all. And so they added it up and uh, gave it to me. And I said, wow, I said, I can't, uh, I can't pay this. I'd have to make time payments. I said, you need to go see uh, Jack Thiessen, the vice president. I go in there and see him and shows, I show him the bill and tell him the situation. And so I'm looking for mercy. Can I pay this out for three months or whatever? And he simply hands me an application to the local bank they dealt with, said, well, Phil, if God wants you here, he'll provide. Well, Jack, you want me here, don't you? Well, it's not really my problem. That's between you and God. So again, said, and the bank was right there in El Cerrito. He said, go down there. I'm glad many of our students get loans from them. I, I know they'll be glad to see you. I was looking for mercy. There was none there. When I started this church... And I was going to seminary. I had the same situation. I had no money, but I wanted to go back to seminary, finish my master's. I went over there, added it up. I have no money. Mrs. Brown, I have no money. I just want to go to school, and I'm bold enough to be here. 
well, you'll have to go see the president. I went and saw Dr. Arnold Winokur. Staunch German, looked just like Hitler. <laughs> Had the little mustache. He, he looked like Hitler. <laughs> Scared me out of that office, practically. <laughs> and I went up. Now, that's pretty bold, isn't it? Uh, yes, Phil, what can we do for you? I said, well, I've just started a church. I'd gone there before. I'd moved to Fresno. I'm back. Yeah, I want to continue my education, but I have no money. Go, well, what are you doing? I'm starting a church. Uh, how many people do you have? We haven't met yet. <laughs> haven't met yet. This was September. Church starts in October. And, uh, well, what's your source of income? Uh, the air and God. I have no income. I thought my dad could help me, but he's dying. Uh, he said, well, what are you asking? I said, would you let me go to school? And when God gives me the money, I'll pay you. And he said, you know, with that kind of faith, you go. You go as long as you want. And if you ever get it, if you ever get it, pay us. And let's see, I only owe, no, I, I finally paid it. I finally paid it back. But that was mercy of a guy that seemed so stern. You see, you've got to have somebody with resources. You've got to have somebody that's willing. Now, watch. Hold on now. Let's ask two questions here. Does Jesus have enough resources to meet your needs? Yeah. Oh, here's the problem, though. He's not willing. What did you say? Draw nigh. Draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace after it's too late. No, no. It's timely help. It will be just on time. The third component that Jesus had, you'll have to come to me for it. I've got it, and I'm willing, but I won't give it if you don't come. Why do you do that, Jesus? I know it's probably the only time some of you will talk to me. Is when you're at the end of your rope, I start looking good. So I'll send a lot of pain to get my children to talk to me. Because they seem to always know my dress when the burdens are too heavy. Someone has said pain and sorrow is God's megaphone to get you to listen to him and to get you to talk to it. So he puts those little trials there. Puts these little tests. And he's just waiting for you not to distrust, not to lose hope. But he's saying, why don't you go to the resource that is willing to help you. I'm seated right up here representing you. I'm sympathetic with your condition. I know what you need. Do you know what you need? Why don't you come? What kept him from going into the land? Unbelief? Maybe we don't believe this. He said, come. I'm representing you. What a promise. Draw nigh. And what do I need when I'm in the midst of my frailty and my weakness and vulnerability? What do I need but mercy and grace? I, I, I need, don't give me a lecture, Lord. I already know I'm a dummy. I know I blew it. I knew I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have made that choice. Uh, I'm weak. I know I'm ignorant. I don't know the answer to this. So he said, 
come to me, come to me. You've got a sympathetic representative before the Father, and I'm sympathetic with you down here. I just don't hear you. You know, come. That's why I stagger at how many prayerless Christians there can be. Why don't you pray? You mean you're not weak? You don't have temptation? You're not vulnerable? You're not human? <laughs> you don't have to have some big tragedy. Just be a human being. That's enough. That, that, that means we're needy. Just, I mean, that baby comes out crying, and I want mama. Take care of me. Feed me. Change my diaper. Keep on. And that goes on for 70 years. <laughs> I need mama. I need daddy. I always flew home when I was beat up. I always flew home when things were tough because I had two people that always loved me and showed mercy. Some of you, are you merciful yourself? Can people find mercy in you or maybe critical spirit, murmuring, a complaining, negative? You know, it's why that song, I, I just leaned over to Carol, I said, only Pentecostals sing these songs. Conservatives don't show enough joy, they're scared to death of it. It might make them emotional. But I looked up the verse. Life isn't all about eating good meals. It's about joy in the Holy Ghost. You ought to have joy, not because everything's going right, but because of the Holy Ghost. By the way, ghost, that's the way King James translated it. It's spirit. But don't get nervous. He won't mind if you call him either one. Sympathizing. Stories. So Dr. John Wilson used to tell the story of how a preacher named Booth Tucker uh, preached at the cathedral, or no, the Citadel for Salvation Army in Chicago. And as he was preaching there, he was telling them about a sympathetic, wonderful Savior that can feel, that cares for you. And all of a sudden, a man in the audience just stood up and spoke out with great uh, agitation. And these are the words he said, uh, to Booth Tucker. How can you talk about an understanding, sympathetic God? If your wife had just died like mine did, and your babies were crying for their mother, who would never come back, you wouldn't be saying what you're saying. I don't need a Christ like you're preaching. You wouldn't preach this kind of message if you had just lost your wife, as I have. I don't want to hear any more. Well, a few days later, Booth Tucker's wife was killed in a train wreck. They sent her body to Chicago, to the Citadel, to have the funeral. And after the service, the bereaved preacher, he looked down to the audience, and this is what he said. The other day when I was here, a man told me that if my wife had just died, that Christ was understanding and sympathetic. He said, I, he said to me, you will not be able to tell them Christ understood you or that he sympathized or that he was sufficient for every need. I want to say if that man is here, I want to tell him that Christ is sufficient. My heart is broken. It is crushed. But it has a song. 
And Christ put it there. I want to tell that man that Jesus Christ speaks comfort to us in the midst of our sorrows. The man was there. And he came and knelt next to the casket. And Booth introduced him to Christ. The old song, I looked it up today, goes this way. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus I cannot bear my burdens alone. Jesus, help me. There's no one who understands you and where you are like Jesus. Not even this preacher. Not even this preacher. Yeah. I think one of the most awkward things we go through is have a Bev Malin burying a husband, a Marilyn Wood burying a husband, the Lloyd family losing a son, and you go up and say, oh, I understand. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't understand. Not like them. You haven't experienced it. Christ has experienced it. And you know what the Bible says? God expects you to take all the comfort God has given you in your sorrows, your trials, and share that comfort with others. 2 Corinthians 1.3 God comforts us in all of our troubles that we might comfort others with the same comfort we've been comforted. I always love, in my memory, I love the memory of taking my father to San Rafael for a funeral when he was dying of cancer. I kept pulling over by the road so he could throw up. He was going through radiation treatment. He had kidney cancer. He was a sick man, throw up, throw up, pull over by the road, throw up. And I said, Father, you don't need to be here. You're a sick man. Take me to this funeral. I want to be there. Why? You don't need to be there. When we got there, Cheryl and Paul Dixon were burying the little blonde-headed girl. And everybody was, you know, a lot of preachers. He was a pastor. A lot of folks were around trying to offer their you know, condolence, whatever. All of a sudden, I see this sick father of mine make his way through the crowd, and he finally gets up to this couple. And the next thing I know, he's got his arm around Cheryl and around this preacher, and they're having a word of prayer. Why? 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 Why don't you stay home? You're going to die in a matter of months. You don't need to go to funerals. On the way home, I said, why did you insist? Why did you insist? He said, when I buried your two brothers in Eldorado, nobody was there. We were two farm kids. None of our people could come. It was cold. Only the insurance policy, $500 from the bread company that the driver killed my brother, ran over him. The doctor that was too drunk to put the forceps on right, kill my second brother. But when you're poor kids from Oklahoma, you don't have any money to hire lawyers. You just bury them and weep alone. He said, I was alone. But God comforted your mom and I. She had the nervous breakdown, 
But I owed, I owed it to this couple to tell them, Jesus, understand that he will comfort you in due time. This is the Jesus we're offering to a lost world. No one understands like Jesus. And that brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our program, I'd like to leave you with our contact information, especially in light of the fact that this is a listener-supported ministry. And as you contact us, not only with prayer support, but financial support as well, we're able to continue the ministry, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday as well here on KFAX. Please prayerfully consider that as you contact us today with your gift, 855 855- 833-9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And another way to contact us, probably the easiest, is through our website, valleybible.org. It's there that you can even take advantage of our secure online donations. You can also take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth and walk in Christ. Again, valleybible.org. It's there that we also have a bit more information about who we are and what we believe and directions if you would like to join us for worship. And don't forget, as you partner with us financially and become a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift, along with access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. Find out more at valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864 and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.